Hey, security peeps, we are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I'm Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping amazing people get into cybersecurity and actually demiss cybersecurity careers. So I am here with the final Katoria Henry. Say hi to everybody, Katoria. What's going on, people? <laughs> so Katoria <laughs> and I to make this happen for like a year yeah. i think two years two years two years yeah. once again this always happens uh, over the last couple of weeks i've been having people on who have been trying to get on for like a number of years and it's finally finally coming together yeah and katoria when we first met it was so cool because katoria had um been at postal so she's at the u.s postal service she had gotten one degree. I think you had you were getting the master's, and then you yeah. went back and got a bachelor's. Exactly. So I want to learn about that. She's <laughs> at UMUC. She got the master's, then she went yeah. back and got a bachelor's. Yeah. Um, but you was at Postal. You were in a different role, and you transitioned. Yeah. So and now you're in security. So talk to us. Tell us about Postal. Tell us about you know where you started, and then how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So when I started with the Postal Service back in uh, July of 2015, I started in the field. And the field, for anyone that knows what that is, that's basically uh, the individuals that you see delivering your mail. Uh, those are like your carriers or your clerks, the people that are behind the window when you go actually inside the post office to send mail off or something like that. And when I started off, I was a temporary employee. I was actually uh, a clerk. And what I did was just because I was so technical with scanning uh, packages and whatnot like that, a lot of times in the uh, the area that I was in, the network always seemed to go down. And I was always the closest one there. And so I always took the initiative to fix it. Granted, I probably wasn't supposed to do that, but because I still had like my security background and whatnot like that, I would fix the network, uh, show them how to update their password and whatnot like that, because a lot of things just basically weren't getting done. It's not like you see security as a top priority a lot of times at the lower level. It's just they don't have, you know, personnel that are down there in the stations, you know, to take care of that. And so I put my skills to use. I was a clerk and, you know, my management, they saw what I was doing. And so they knew people that knew people that knew people. And I just started climbing up the ladder, you know, between 2015 and 2019, I started off again in the field. And by the time I you know, left the Postal Service in 2019, I was working in the Corporate Information Security Office as you know, one of, if only, their government uh, authorization and accreditation specialist, which is in the government world, uh, an ISSO, which is an information system security officer. So in four years, I did that, you know, and it literally came from just networking, throwing my skill set out there just because the job that I originally applied for with the Postal Service, they did away with it. So I needed a job at the time. And so I took the job as a clerk, you know, and I loved what I did as a clerk, you know, did it for a little bit. But in four years, you know, I it was like, boom, boom, boom. It all happened so fast. You know what I mean? And I just, I, I climbed up the ladder, you know, and it, literally just from networking. I didn't even know people like that, you know, at the Postal Service, but they saw something in me. And I'm so glad that, you know, I had a little bit of talent coming in the door, you know, and I put those skills to use. This is <laughs> absolutely amazing. 
Okay, before I jump in, I'm gonna shout out some people because our regular people are here. We love you. Danielle is here. You know, good one. She says awesome. I mean, my as my mouth is dropped open, like awesome. Like I knew your story a little bit, but I don't yeah. think I knew it in depth like that. Yeah. Um, so Aisha Holmes, Dr. Aisha Holmes, good morning. Good morning, morning. <laughs> Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, we got some great names out here today. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, I like that. Mr. is here. Uh, Steve Cooper, CIO, retired from the U.S. Department of Commerce. Hello. Steve. Yes. Do you know Steve? <laughs> I don't, but I don't I'd like to get to know Steve. I, me too. <laughs> Steve, we have to get to know you. Yeah. Um, so, Katoria, mm -hmm. you are literally in the mail room. So you're a clerk in the Come U.S. Postal Service. I so am. you are in the mail room. In like, the mail room. Sorting, doing what mail room clerks do. Sorting, sorting mail, mail yes. the packages. Getting packages, yes. Did you yeah. do any delivery? I didn't do any deliveries. Okay. I absolutely uh, am totally like not for that. Uh, my mom, actually, when she started with the Postal Service, she's actually still there. She started off as a city mail carrier. I've never wanted to deliver mail. And I only joined the Postal Service because my mom really wanted me to do something that she thought would transition into a possible long-term career for me. She always mm -hmm. knew what my goals were. And I said, well, I'll just take this job as a clerk, but this is not what I'm going to end up doing. I was angry. You know, I was so angry. And because I was angry, I think I took that frustration because the job that I originally wanted and I was supposed to get, they did away with it and I had to become a clerk. And I absolutely loved it. I met so many good people when I was a clerk, when I first started off in 2015. Uh, one of my good friends, Miss Gail Anderson, yes, I'm shouting her out. She's not technical or anything like that. She's in her 70s. She was like my work grandma. She really kind of like held my hand and taught me everything, you know, and she's the one that told me, you know, a little bit about like some of the security things that uh, they had in place. She taught me how to scan things. She taught me how to do, <laughs> she taught me how to do a lot of things that I didn't necessarily know. And again, I just put my skills to use things that I already knew how to do as far as networking security goes. And I felt like I brought security into the, into that atmosphere. And so many people like that. I had so many people rooting for me. So when it was my time, when I finally got that opportunity, when I tell you it was a blessing and everyone was so excited to see me like go off, they're like, go, like you should have never been here to begin with. Like, go do it. And it's, oh. it's a lot of people that can speak to that, you know, to this day, they'll tell you like, she should have never been here. So many people always used to tell me that. And I'm just like, no, everything happens for a reason. You know, I had to go through that and it wasn't for a very long time. So I got to see how, you know, the operations, day-to-day -day operations work for the postal service. And I tell everyone, you know, it was a blessing. When I left, you know, I wrote the very nice post, you know, thanking the postal service for my four years there because it was, it was still a blessing. You know, I didn't know what was going to be at the end of that road when I first started, but I thank God that I got that opportunity and look at where it led me to, you know what I mean? And here I am today, like seriously, it's, it's, it's good when you can put your talents to use, you know, a lot of employers, they don't allow that. If you tell them, you know how to do something, they're like, eh, yeah, well, I didn't hire you for that. I was fortunate enough to just take that action and put my skills to use. And so many people noticed it and they wanted to see something happen for me and they pushed it for me. And it's a lot of people that I have to thank for that, that are still at the postal service to this day. Wow. 
unbelievable. <laughs> so when I talk to people, because we, you know, are especially for Cybersecurity Awareness Month, mm-hmm. my whole goal, and I told you this before, is to showcase people like you broken into the industry, who've come in from other backgrounds, who literally were you were in the postal, you were you were a post office clerk inside yeah. sorting mail. Yeah. So tell me something. <laughs> you talked about the networking experience that you had prior. So you came with these skills. So did you get the degree first? Were you going to school while you were at postal? A little bit How of did, okay. Talk to us about that. So before I joined the postal service, the job that I held uh before that, I was actually selling cars. Okay, hear me now. I'm going to take you on this little train ride, okay? And you're going to see how security just kept going along the way. Now, when I was selling cars, a lot of what we had to do was gather PII. That's your personal identifiable information. I'm gathering the customer's information, their date of birth, their social security number. These are things that you have to secure. And so with me already having that skill set, already having that knowledge from the previous job that I had before selling cars, you know, within my, you know, CRM tool, which is a customer relationship management tool that I used to use to import all of that customer data, you would have to make sure that it was properly secure and that no one that didn't have the authorized use could access that data. So in the midst of me selling cars, I was still putting my security skills to use. And I sold cars for about a year and a half. And by the way, I was one of the top salesmen uh, down there in North Carolina, averaged about 15 uh, car sales a month. I just wanted to throw that out there. So yes, I know how to sell too, but that's not what we're talking about. So, you know, I put those uh, security skills to use when I was selling cars for a year and a half. And that was from... (laughs) I can't even remember the year. 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. I believe. And before that, I was working at a pharmaceutical warehouse. Now that's where security came into place. Uh, started there, I believe in 2011, 2012, I believe. Started off as an order picker, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm taking you on this journey. Started off as an order picker. Now what people don't know is you order something offline I was the one, your order would come through the system, go pick it off the shelf, put it in your basket, send it to the clerk, and they would pack it up and send it out, okay? This is how it all started. I was so good. I was so fast. This is no lie. All of my stories, you know, can reach out to these people, and and they'll tell you the same thing. Like, like, look at you. You know, she's like so gifted, and this is what they would tell me, like, and they would tell me, why are you an order picker? And I'm just like, I don't know. And then I had my bachelor's degree, okay? Communication studies, it was really hard for me to get into the TV industry. I always wanted to like make my own film or have my own TV show. It just did not happen for me. I didn't have the resources. And so I kind of was like, I need to find something else to do. I like technology. Let's put those skills to work. Picking orders, the next thing you know, new manager in the facility. And he's like, what else do you know how to do? I said, anything. And he's like, are you interested in, you know, data, you know, data entry, like, you know, securing the customer orders, you know, taking in the orders off of the trucks and, you know, filling out the the bill of laddings, which is when you have to sign for orders and things of that nature. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Had no idea what, you know, I was about to be doing. But I'm just like, yeah, I can do that. Of course. Didn't think that it would be, you know. I'm going to say hard because at first it was, I had no idea how to do 10 key. And if 
anyone is a true data entry person, you have to know how to do uh, 10 key operations. You can't look at your keyboard like whatsoever. That's how much you're inputting on a daily basis, like lines, numbers, whatever the case may be. And so a lot of that dealt with ensuring that with my reports and whatnot like that, inputting data, ensuring that no uh, payment card information is exposed or anything like that. So I was getting exposed to so many things that were cybersecurity related that I had no idea at the time I was doing cybersecurity work. You understand? And so I just kept feeding off of all of those skills when I learned, you know, about payment card stuff, uh, SOC 1, SOC 2 reports. I learned about all of this stuff because of what I was doing in the data entry space. And so, again, that's where I had to learn how to secure data and things of that nature. And there was a lot of things that went behind the scenes with that. I actually had the opportunity to train peers and whatnot uh, before I left that organization. But they really kind of like put me out there and they gave me a starting point. They gave me an opportunity to kind of like train and teach myself and teach others. And that's really kind of like where it like officially started. And at the time I had no idea that the work that I was doing was actually cybersecurity related work. I had no idea if you could give me a million dollars right now. And if we go back in a time machine and you tell me that, you know, eight, nine years ago, what I was doing was cybersecurity related work knowing how to read SOC 1, SOC 2 reports, knowing about payment card information, I would look you in your face and I would say, that's not cybersecurity because I had no idea. I, I didn't, you know? And you know what's funny, Katoria? I put up a post a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago, maybe like a week now. Mm -hmm. And it was about myth busting because mm -hmm. in preparation for Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I'm trying to get, you know, bust the myths of cybersecurity um, what do people think, you know, so I put the question out, what do people typically think of when, of your career, when they hear about cybersecurity? And it's so funny because um, Ken Underhill, he said that people typically don't realize that they're in security and they they're don't. in it. They don't, they don't realize how much of a peripheral, like you might be doing 100% right. of your job, 20% of your role may be security and you exactly. don't even know it. Exactly. You don't even know it. Awesome. It's like that. It's like that with a lot of people. And I think a lot of roles. And it's good that you have a lot of people that are out here trying to encourage individuals to look a little deeper into their skill set. Like, tell me a little bit more about what you do on a day to day basis, because mm -hmm. you can pull it out of them. They may not necessarily know. I myself know. was one of them, you know, nine years ago. I, I couldn't tell you that what I was doing was actually cybersecurity related work. And so I sit back and I think and I'm just like, so that's why I know so much. And that's why, you know, I'm so fluent when it comes to like payment card information and knowing really how to understand and break down these reports because I was doing it back then. I just had no idea that that's what it was. I don't know, but I'm glad, right. you know, that I learned those skills and whatnot. And it just shows you, you just keep transitioning, transitioning, transitioning. And then you finally land the role, you know, of your dream and just something that you want to do. But all the while you were already doing it, you know? And so it's amazing. It is. It's really amazing when you think about it. So amazing. So amazing. Okay. Let's shout out some more people. So uh, Donatus is here. Julius is here. Yeah. Dr. Rick Hayes, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Today, Fabian, Eric <laughs> Williams. So Eric actually yeah. made a really good comment here. Let me get down to it. Um, 
And he said, passion drives success. Katoria exudes passion. Yes, indeed. High marks. Yes, she does. Yes, indeed. Katoria is my idol. Katoria, <laughs> hey, girl, from KTL. KTL, yes, yes. Hey, All honey. The, the friends are here. Yes. Uh, good, morning. good morning, folks. Good morning, folks. This is George. Um, nice one, Katoria and Renee. Morning, and George. Come on, Katoria. Tell Let's them go. those transferable skills are related to cybersecurity. And yes. this is Katia. And she is so absolutely right. Yes. Um, and Eric says here, curiosity feeds desire, which stokes passion. Yes. Yes. So, you, have, you have to feel like that, too, Eric. That's a great comment. You have to feel, if you're not curious about what it is, you know, that's behind the magical wall of cybersecurity, as I like to see it you're never really going to kind of like put yourself out there and just take a chance. Take a chance on yourself or no one else will. I don't know who came up with that quote, but I believe it. You know, I'm sure that's somebody's quote. I believe it. Like you have to, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't take those curiosities that you have and explore on those things, then what are you doing? You know, stop saying you want to join the field if you're not going to take the initiative to explore on the things that you're wondering or you're thinking or you're constantly, you know, inquiring about. Go figure it out. You know, that's what I did. So if a person is, has no idea, like they just hear cybersecurity, they Google cybersecurity and they see hoodies, <laughs> hoodie people right. in, right? They see hoodies in dark rooms, mm-hmm. um, mostly men, mostly you don't even know what ethnicity, you don't know anything. You just, it's just dark shadow. In rooms, right? What would you tell them? Like, how would how should they? If I was, I'm thinking of like that high school student, that you know, person who is in postal right now, who's sorting mail, the mail carriers, you know, like all this stuff that's going. All these people who are out here, they're doing different things. Yeah. What would be the first step? You know, curiosity, but like, how do they even know? Like, what's the first step to take? when thinking about hmm, just the cybersecurity thing? Like, what, what would you recommend? Like, the first thing that I would definitely recommend is to figure out your why. Why are you even interested in that to begin with? You know what I mean? Why? Why are you thinking about cybersecurity? What about that word? Or what have you heard about the, the field itself, you know, has you so curious? Just it's making you wonder. Figure that out first. Write that down. Write down your why after you figured out why you're interested in learning a little bit more about the field. Think about what you're currently doing or think about something that maybe has happened in the world. A bank, you know, uh, uh, being held for ransom or something like that, like some type of hack. That's or an election or the election, <laughs> for God's sake, you know. Anything that's really big that's happening, for instance, the other day, you know, uh, in the healthcare system, there was a, a hospital or an organization with over 400 locations yeah. Yeah. impacted. You know what I mean? Think about things like that. And maybe after you figured out that why you're interested in the field, figure out if that's something as to what you'd like to maybe stop, you know, prevent or think about ways that you can maybe help that organization. You have to figure out why you want to do something before you can just start doing it to begin with. If you don't know that, then you're not going to know the path to go down. You're not going to know what role you should possibly choose. And I'm here to tell you, 
there's no one that can tell you what you should or should not be doing, you know, when you want to enter the field of cybersecurity. You have to decide that on your own. You can maybe come to me and say, well, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. I can probably provide you with suggestions, but I am not the one to make the decision for you and tell you, you should be a hacker. You should be a penetration tester. You know, you should be a security engineer. I can't do that because I don't know what you desire. I don't know what you're passionate about. I don't know what curiosities you may have. I don't know the role that you'd like to explore. I don't know if you'd like to halfway do this or halfway do that. I can't tell you that, you know, that's why you have to figure out your why before you can take it any further than that. And I think that's the biggest issue is that a lot of people say, oh, I wanna join cybersecurity because they see so many things happening. They see all of these events taking place. They see people getting hacked. They see people you know, having to pay off you know, these hackers, this money and everything. First of all, I'm not paying anybody. That's number one, okay? That's number one. We are going to have to find a way to work it out or hack them back. I'm not giving you a dime. I'm just not gonna do it, you know? And <laughs> I, I'm so sorry that organizations they fall for it and sometimes they don't know. They don't they're not educated not to, you know, give off that money or, you know, do whatever they have to do for the ransom. But I just personally I, I can't see myself doing that. But, you know, back to your question, I just really feel like people need to figure out what it is that they would like to do. Once you find out all that you need to know, you've identified your why, identify what you want to do. You know, look up some of the most prominent roles within the field. And there are so many, they may be titled differently, but a lot of what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, the same exact thing, you know, like cybersecurity analyst, cybersecurity engineer. I've seen two different, you know, two different words, but a lot of what they do on a daily basis is the same. It just really kind of depends on the company and what they actually have listed for the roles and responsibilities. And I think that that also confuses a lot of individuals that are interested in joining the field because they see all of these pretty titles, but they don't actually read the job description. If you read the job description, then you would know what it would entail. Find out if that's something that you'd be interested in exploring and learning more about. If not, move on to the next role. You have to do the research. You have to. There's no single person that I know that knows every single role in the world of cybersecurity because I don't. It's it's constantly evolving, constantly evolving, constantly. I can't tell you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So Meryl, she was our guest the day before Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, and Meryl, who is amazing, says, yes, I thought I wanted to do GRC before I found pen testing. See, Meryl? Um, and I meant GRC. See, I yep. don't like pen testing. Pen testing is not my thing, but yeah. Meryl likes it. You see what I mean? It's exactly. all about exploring and finding out, and you'll learn those things. I did learn when I was at UMUC, it's now UMGC. I mm -hmm. did learn, however, how to conduct pen tests, you know, within my master's degree program for cybersecurity. I will say that. So I did learn a great deal, but it was just not my forte. I just, no, ma'am. I yeah. tried and I said, oh, this is not for not me. Not for you. Not said, for no. You. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. So come to us. This is a perfect segue. So you are at UMUC. You got the master's. So you had the undergraduate degree. Your first undergrad was in what is it again? Communication studies. The communication studies first yeah. undergrad. Then went and got the master's in cyber yeah. from UMUC, now UMGC. And mm -hmm. then you went back and got a bachelor's. So tell me, how did that, How you know, what was the thought process there? Well, I'm still actually in the process of getting the bachelor's from okay. WGU. So you. here's why. And, you know, some people are going to say, oh, she's a fool. And I may very well be, you know, because my student loan debt is Jesus. I 
look at it and I pray every day. Sometimes I cry because it's so much. But, you know, I really like education. I do. I like to learn. Uh, where I come from, there's not a lot of motivation for you to really go out there and get it unless it's your family that's motivating you or you have maybe friends and some family members that are, you know, really interested in seeing you grow and succeed. You know, born and raised in the projects in Richmond, Virginia, 13 and a half years. You know, a lot of people don't know that about my background. Born and raised in the projects. If you don't know what it is, I urge you, I encourage you to look it up. That is what you call, you know, seriously poverty uh, living, you know, below the middle class. It was, it was very, very bad, you know, to say the least. But my mom really worked and worked and worked to get us out of that situation and put us in an, an actual home, you know, by the time I was 13 and a half. And I have her to thank for it because she's the one that pushed me. She encouraged me to just keep going, just keep learning. She loved to learn. She loved to write. She still loves to write. Never, it's so weird. That lady just loves writing. And so for me, you know, it was just, it was, it was a no brainer. I kept going because I had a lot of siblings. I'm the oldest out of five children. And I felt like everyone was relying on me. Everyone was looking up to me. And my sisters and brothers, it's like they were interested in school, but they weren't. You know, they all graduated from high school, but I couldn't really get them to follow me and go to college as well. Still trying to encourage them now. You're never too old, in my opinion, to go back and get it. So I still try to push them every now and then, hey, get that degree. But I really feel like my mom really pushed me to just keep going because she just saw something in me that a lot of people didn't see, you know, and if my father were here today, if my father were alive, it's something that, you know, my mom always told me he would want me to do as well, both educated people. And I just have to keep going. So after I got my master's in cybersecurity, I said, well, I see that a lot of these job wrecks and here's where you're going to get me, Renee. I see that a lot of these job wrecks, even though I have certifications, they're telling me that I don't have a bachelor of science. You know, I have to get a bachelor's degree, another one. Although I already have one, it was, you know, a bachelor of arts. And so I'm just like, who's like, what ideal job that I really want? They're not going to hire me if, you know, I don't have a bachelor of science degree. And so I started pursuing that degree instead. And, you know, I'm in the middle of it now. So for me, it's like, there's no turning back, but it's just, it's kind of like, I like to learn. And I just felt like, I needed to give myself maybe another opportunity because although I did have certifications, although I did have experience under my belt, there were still some jobs that I had been applying for that I couldn't understand as to why I wasn't getting them because I knew I was qualified mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And then when the recruiters would come back and they would say, well, honestly, it's because you don't have this type of bachelor's degree. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like it really is. And I tell people this, and I, I say it with the most positivity behind it. You have to really think hard as to whether or not you're really going to try to go the certification pathway where you're getting all certifications and no degree. Or maybe you'll get a degree and some certifications on the side because you really can't tell how these employers are going to approach this in the future. There are some big name employers that are like, oh, well, we don't care about a degree and, you know, oh, it's all about certifications. You really don't know. You That's really a decision that you would have to really kind of think about and, and figure out what's going to be the best way for me. For me, I was kind of stuck in the middle because I was getting job opportunities, but not the ones that I necessarily wanted, you know, at a point in time. And that's why I decided to 
pursue that bachelor's degree at the beginning of uh, 2019, I decided to go back to school right after I had obtained my master's because I felt like that was going to stop me from really continuing, you know, my career growth in which obviously it has not, you know, and I'm, I'm very fortunate for the, the, the role in the career that I have now with Salesforce. And that's just, again, it just goes to show you that you just never know, but I'm not disappointed in myself for going back to school because I felt like that's what I had to do at the time because opportunities were just not coming my way. Well, the ones that I wanted were just not coming my way. And so I did it, but I'm halfway, you know, halfway through it right now. And I just feel like it's still going to be, you know, another bump on my resume. And so I'm not going to pull back and stop doing it just because I have landed, you know, a career role, you know, a dream role. I'm not going to do that because at the end of the day, that's still something that would be a major accomplishment for me. Going back to get another degree, it's still going to be a huge accomplishment for me. Oh, 100%. And I was just curious as to you know, what made you do it? Not necessarily, and I and I applaud you, and I yeah. think that continuous learning is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason people want to do it, like, you just decided to do it that way because of what, and Meryl made uh, um, a good point here, mm-hmm. um, the HR said, hey, this is what's coming up. And it is. You know, this is what's happening. And sometimes, you know, you tell people that and and, and I, I still appreciate so many things you said just now because you talked about the fact that in some yes, there is a, a huge um, you know, cohort of companies or a huge group of companies that say, Hey, we're taking anyone and we mm-hmm. are um we're open and you don't have to have a degree and you can have certifications and things like that. But <laughs> I've worked at a number of organizations, mm-hmm. and unfortunately or fortunately, whatever way you look at it, but right. it's, it's a barrier and a, a bachelor's degree is typically the barrier, you know, they'll put it on there. Yeah. Um, it just is what it is. So the question is like, what am I going to, am I going to fight the fight or am I just going to go check this box? Right. right <laughs> so, right. you know, I, 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 I totally 100% get it. And you're like, Hey, I'm just going to check this box and move on. Like if they're saying that they want someone to have this bachelor's, right. and, which is to me bizarre because it's have masters, so it's kind of like what, but you know, it is, it <laughs> is what it is. Like, yeah. we, can't, we can't boil the ocean, right. You can only right. do you can do. So, if it's like, this is, you know, A, I'm a continuous learner and B, I want to go back and, um, you know, shore up my resume so that mm-hmm. now I have the credentials. So, you know, let them come with something else the next time. Right. I 100% get that. And I'll tell you, at, at WGU in particular, mm-hmm. we had a prof- we had a lady on, um, gosh, I can't remember her name phenomenal woman probably about a year ago mm-hmm. and she talked about the program and um she said as a professor she learns from her students because there's so much that the, the the program is so rich right. and the the students are so experienced yes. that the takeaway is not necessarily as much from the actual like technical the teaching aspect but the networking and stuff inside the class and how much she learns from her students. So she was just like overly impressed right, um, right. with that program. So a uh, couple more comments here that are coming in. You are popular, ma'am. I know you would be. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody. So uh, 
Meryl has a couple comments. She says, it takes all the folks. So this is when you were yes. talking about when you didn't want to be a pen tester and Meryl was a pen tester and you're GRC and somebody else will do something else and you got yeah. your response people, your forensics yes. people, you got people yeah. all over that are doing all types of different things. Cybersecurity is not just hackers, air no. quotes. <laughs> it is so much more. <laughs> That's what, you know, if you are a plain person mm -hmm. outside looking at a TV screen in a, mm -hmm. or, you know, your laptop or whatever, or your phone and an ad comes across, all you see is like code flying around, dark rooms, men in hood. Yeah. It's so what the perception out there is. I'm sorry, people, so. to break it to you. That is not <laughs> what you see on TV. That's not what it is. I can assure you that it, you're going to be sadly mistaken once you walk into that sock room and you yeah. see that right. it is not like There's that. No it, go flying around. You know, Danielle said Danielle likes encryption, so she likes data and transit and rest. So mm -hmm. cool. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is Meryl again. So Eric says, speak your goal into existence. Otherwise, yes. it will remain only speculation. Dig yeah. deep and find the path and found that road to your goal. And that is so important. And Katoria, you talked about your mom and yes. you know, growing up yes, and the projects and like yes. not having the role models. And so this is why we're here. We're this is why. This I love and 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 something that I, I love to do is go back to you know where I where I grew up. I still have family members, believe it or not, that still live in the same neighborhood that I grew up in, and it's it's really good. It's refreshing, I think, for them to see me when I come around because I'm just you know I'm that person where they're like she made it. You know what I mean? And there are so many older people that grew up with my mom that are still there or that knew my grandmother, you know, when my grandmother, you know, lived over there before she passed away. And they're all like, we're so proud of you. And it's so refreshing to see them and to go and to show them, you know, all the things that I've done. I had so many people that wanted to attend my graduation when I was an undergraduate student that were much older, but we couldn't find the transportation to get them all down to North Carolina. I had so much support growing up, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's not something that you would normally see when you're in that environment. You mm -hmm. really don't see a lot of that. A lot of people figure that, oh, where well, you're in the projects, this is where you're going to stay for the rest of your life. Like not me, not my family, you know what I mean? It, it was just so many people that were really encouraging myself, encouraging my mom as a single parent with five children, like do this for your children, you know? And she made it happen. And since then we have not, you know, really, kind of like looked back and said, we're not going to go back to this lifestyle. We're going to show them it is possible to make it. It is possible to keep going. And then we're going to pull them on up too. And that's what I've been doing. I have peers now that I'm working with, trying to get them into technology that we're still kind of hanging out in the area. And I'm like, no, if I did it, if I could get out, then you're going to get out too. And it's a, it's a process. It is. It's hard. It's so hard to break away from things that you are used to. Trust me, it is very hard, but you have to do it in order to grow. It's a part of the growing experience. And that's my goal now is to get as many people that are still there, that still feel like they're stuck, that still feel like I can't do this. And I have to pull them up. I have to show them that there is a different way. You can make it. You can succeed. Like I'm literally, you know, that person. I'm your walking testimony to show you. If you look at some of my pictures growing up, you'd be like Katoria. Like it's cute pictures, but you'd be like Katoria. Like seriously, it's 
totally transition change for me, like seriously, but it was all a blessing, all a blessing to where I am now. And I don't take any of it for granted. I needed it to happen. I needed to live the way that I did growing up and it is all blessed me to this day. So I'm fortunate, you know? That is beautiful. I think we're just gonna end on this. You have <laughs> truly, truly shown people how to completely turn your life around, like become yeah. who you wanna become yeah. regardless of your circumstances. And it's just so, so, so powerful. Yes. And I am honored and blessed to have you on here. And I am so excited that we have made it work after two years. I'm trying. I know I'm canceling. Then you're canceling. Then I'm canceling again. Then I'm like, no, we the Cowboys are playing Sunday. Right. The Cowboys so, are playing. Can't do that. Can't do that. So yeah, FYI, people, Renee wanted to do it Sunday. And I was like, uh, so the Cowboys play at one? And so she's like, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I'm so sorry. And so she's like, okay, so let's do it another day. I'm like, okay, that works. Like, when you're a diehard fan, it's just what you do. You can't miss the game, you know? So, yeah. This was so good. This is so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, so powerful. So um, if any young people are watching this, because this, these are going to start going much farther and wider and get yes. in, in front of more young people, how can they reach out to you? The best way okay. I'd say, uh, so I, I'm on LinkedIn, very yeah. fluid LinkedIn uh, user. Uh, find me. I changed my name so that it's easier to find me. People in the past, it was a little difficult uh, for them to find me because it was someone with a similar name. And so I've kind of shortened my name or my, I guess, my handle so that, you know, users can find me. Uh, everything that I post is always posting to the public. That's the easiest way to find me. If you can't remember my name or anything like that, uh, right. You know, Google me, uh, you may find me, but there is someone else that looks like me. I have a cousin that looks just like me. And that's not me. Our names are kind of similar too, but it's not me. I promise. But we look just alike. It's genes, you know, seriously. Yeah. So yeah, totally. look very, look very carefully at that picture. People do it all the time, but that's not me. Okay. I'm Katoria. Okay. So, that's that. But LinkedIn, uh, I need to get on Twitter. Everyone keeps telling me I'm missing out on all the action. Yeah, I tried Twitter. You too. I tried. <laughs> I tried like three years ago. I just, I wasn't into it. I really tried. I did it for like two months and I was like, no, this is crap. Yeah, I, I couldn't hard. get into it, but I'm going to try because here's what I do. And I'm a cheater. Okay. With Twitter. So a lot of the football content that I watch, they always post things on Twitter. And so I get on there to like look at the videos and the comments and the tweets and stuff, but I'm not a Twitter user. And I just feel like I'm cheating the Twitter society by not joining, <laughs> but I watch, you know, and I get on You're there. A and I'm, I'm a lurker <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I need to just start one. So I think that's gonna be my goal in the coming year is to really try to expand, you know, my portfolio and just kind of look at a lot of uh, other different kind of like social platforms just to see what's out there. I am on Facebook, but not as often, uh, mainly family and friends that I'm connected with on there. But LinkedIn for right now mm -hmm. is uh, the, the best way to reach me until I kind of like expand my horizons and reach out and put myself out there on some other social platforms. Right. Awesome. So folks, this is the end of another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity, this yes. time live with Victoria Henry. This is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We are bringing you awesome talent to share information about how to break into the field and demystify cybersecurity. Yes. So 
Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. And tomorrow we got Justin Jones back helping people break into jobs. Yes, Justin, <laughs> Justin is awesome. Yes. Everywhere. I love yeah. Justin. <laughs> All righty. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.